Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are here and it is now. Welcome to the Fight IQ podcast. If you are a regular viewer and you think things look a little differently, well, I mean, you have a much more handsome host for one thing, but also we have uh, two, well, one new analyst and one analyst you've seen before, but maybe not so often, both fantastic. We're talking about Drake and uh, Joey T. You know Drake from Rotowire, but Drake and Joey uh, have a, a YouTube show where they make their own picks. And I'll let them tell you a little more about that. But um, we got quality analysts here. We got a quality card here, which, you know, I'm excited for because not only have we had some subpar fight night cards lately, the last pay-per-view wasn't all that great. So it's it's wonderful for me to, uh, you know, actually see some intriguing matchups here. We got a lot of big dogs uh, and guys that you wouldn't really consider to be big dogs. So I find it pretty interesting, and I'm interested to hear you guys take uh, – Drake, I'll throw it over to you first. How you feeling about this card, and uh, how you doing in general, man? Yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, I'm kind of uh, under the weather a little bit, so you know, I'm trying to deal with that. But man, I'm excited for this card. It's the return of John Jones, though I'm not the biggest fan. But we'll uh, we'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for this card. There's a lot of really good fights. I feel like there's gonna be a lot of finishes. Yeah, no, I I agree, and. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I do the projection for Rotowire, and I, and I couldn't believe how many fights on this card were minus 200 or better to end inside the distance. So we should definitely see some fireworks. Uh, Joey, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for doing this. And uh, just give me some of your general thoughts about the card and uh, how you see everything going down tomorrow. First off, I want to thank you for bringing me on on short notice. I'll gladly do it anytime if needed. Um. As a card as a whole, I'm very excited. As Drake said, the return of John Bones Jones. Me and him have our own break on the video of how we feel about it. As a talent, he's good, but you know, as a person, other hand, different story. But as a whole, I'm very excited on the card. I see a lot of action and potentially a lot of finishes. As you said, I see a lot of minus money for inside the distance. We'll stay that way, I hope, because we all love a good action-packed type of card. But we'll see, man. I'm ready to have a good show and get some breaking down going. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, for the chat, uh, if you're not aware, um, you post things if they're funny, if they're interesting, if there's a question, I'll I'll put it up here and uh, you know we'll reference it, we'll comment on it, we'll answer it. But for now, uh, we are going to jump right into the fights. And the first fight we have here, starting from the bottom and working our way up, we have Esteban Rubovic taking on Leok. Radzahabov uh, did nothing for those names, I'm sure. But we have Radzahabov at 9,000 and Rybovic at 7,200 on DraftKings. The line on this fight is, let me see where they put it, is minus 250 for Radzahabov and plus 200 for Rybovic. Um, You know, this is an interesting situation because I believe uh, Rybovic was 
a favorite against Kimuel Kirk. Then Ratahabov comes in on short notice and becomes a big favorite. I'm not sure if I've ever seen a line switch like that. Um, I think it's warranted. I, I like Rezopic's game a lot. I like um, the sort of wrestler-grappler type who's going to just be relentless. And Kamala Kirk is, is sort of a slick jiu-jitsu guy in his own right, but I don't think he's quite as aggressive as a takedown artist as Razahovic. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, Rebovic is a slick puncher. He's fast in combination. He throws hard, but he doesn't have any defense whatsoever. And uh, I haven't really seen him defend a takedown. So I think if he can, if he can get, He's put his shots together before he hits the canvas. He might have a chance. He might have that puncher's chance. But uh, I like I like uh, Loic to come in here as the late replacement, get it done, get a lot of points on DraftKings. So I'm going to be heavily invested in the first fight here. And uh, Drake, we'll go to you first. Uh, how you seeing this one? I'm on the opposite side of things, man. I I'm not impressed by Reds at all. I'm just his eagle up against the guys on a four fight losing streak. It was Nothing too impressive. Yeah, Rivovic's his, his defense is lacking, but he is a slick grappler off of his back. I've watched it in a few of his fights, and he definitely will have the power and striking difference in this fight. So, and you know, we've seen it multiple times. Those guys that bull rush right off the bat just come out and waylay somebody. So that's what I expect him to do. Um, could he be taken down and controlled for you know a full round? Absolutely. It is you know one of those concerns that you can have, but I like him to come out and lay some power down and, you know, cut that early. So I'm on Ribovix and, uh, you know, I think he's an excellent play as a GPP. All right. Some, some, uh, some disagreement on the first fight. I like it. And, you know, I, that's interesting too, because, you know, he's probably a dog that a lot of people will sort of just not give a second look to when you, when you think about this card, first of all, how jam packed it is in general, 14 fights, and then all the names that are on the card as well. So, you know, if, if you like, Rebovics, and I agree, the power is there. Uh, it could be a sneaky dog play, you know. I, I don't don't hate it at all. Uh, Joey, how about you? How are you seeing this? I'm also on the dog in this fight. Um, yeah, I think he's the more dangerous guy. He has, you know, 100% finish rate. But, you know, he's still early in his career. He really hasn't really been fully battle-tested yet. But um, I know his most uh, recent opponent now, he came from the PFL. You know, he broke 500, went 4-4-1. Four, four then... He had a tune-up fight in the Eagle FC for Khabib's organization. Pretty much a tune-up to get ready for his debut. Um, yes, I think the uh, Loki is the more well-rounded. He's a good wrestler. We really haven't seen Robovic stop a takedown rep, but really no one has really forced it because he really finished the fight. To me, I think there's a dog or pass because I have too many questions on the fight. But one thing I do know about uh, Loki, he is aggressive. He has good cardio, but I just don't like how later on the fight goes. His hands do drop in fights. So with him coming aggressive with his forward pace, he could eat an overhand and potentially get knocked out within the first couple rounds. That's my only worry. But for now, I think it's a dog or pass. All right. Interesting. Coming on the show and disagreeing with the host on the first pick. That's uh, that's bold. That's bold. I uh, I, I like it. Uh, we're going to move on uh, to the next fight is uh, Farid Basharat uh, taking on uh, – uh, Demond Blackishir, uh, where are we here? There we go. Uh, Basharat is the favorite at 9,100. Blackishir coming back at 7,100. And it's my turn, uh, 
to pick a dog here. I like Blackish here quite a bit. I think he showed us a lot uh, against Yusuf Salal on short notice. Um, I like how he throws in combination. I like his pressuring. I like how he can mix in wrestling. I like how aggressive he is off his back. I think he's got a really complete game. He really faded in that third round um, against Salal, but did enough in the first two that, you know, the, the fight was awarded a draw. I didn't, uh, one of those draws I didn't actually hate. Um, you know, Basrat fights a lot like his brother, which is, you know, pressure, looks to throw big shots. Um, but um, for to me, that means that uh, Blackshear is going to have time to work. And um, look, he can fade again. It, it's always tough when a guy fades on short notice, whether the fade was due on short notice or if it's just a fade. Uh, based on you know the 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 tempo of the fight, but um, I think I think Blackashir is 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 toolsy. I, I like him. I like him quite a little bit. I think um, he's the one uh, more apt to put up a score here. I think if if Basharat wins, it might just be kind of uh, you know a blase kind of decision. Um, so yeah, I'm on Blackashir here, and uh, that'll be my first dog of the play. We'll start with. Of the card, rather. We'll start with Joey first. How are you seeing this one? I'm more on Basharat. I think Basharat is the more well-rounded guy. I know Blackshear, he's a good grappler. He's very slick once he does get a hold of his opponent. I know his striking's a little bit low-endish, but he's more of an athletic striker to try to close the distance to get to his grappling, to his bread and butter. But I know Basharat is like his brother, but I honestly think this Basharat brother is the more power, technical striker out of both brothers. He does have wrestling. But one thing I do worry about that 9100, I think he may mix in a takedown here and there within within the first three rounds. But I think he may just try to keep it on the feet and not really get in the world of uh, Blackshear and worry about the overall Brazilian jiu-jitsu game of him. So uh, to me, I think I'm probably I may pass on it because if it's just a pure striking match at 9100, I don't know if he's going to pay off the main price tag at 91, like where you need to pay up for other big up pay up targets. Yeah, that I, I that that part, the last part, I agree with. I um, I probably won't have a lot of Bashra just for that reason. Um, and I, I do agree that it's a dogger. I do agree it's a dogger pass play. Uh, Drake, what about you? How are you seeing this one? I'm also against you. I love Basharat. I love both Basharat brothers. They're phenomenal fighters, man. Those guys, the way that they train and the the forward pressure that they put the pace they have cardio that could go 25 minutes with the style that they fight and it's just insane to me uh black shear is not a ufc level fighter he belongs back in you know elsewhere a different uh circuit um like i i said on our show uh black shear he's got that chance to grab his neck he does have slick grappling but aside from that i don't see any other way that he wins this fight so uh, for me, Basharat is definitely the way to go. I think he puts on a, a blistering pace, and he could easily, you know, score well with a bunch of control time and takedowns. All right. At this point, I would like to remind everyone here, apropos of nothing, that I do have the ability to kick you guys out of the room if uh, if it comes to that. But uh, you know, no, we uh, we're doing good. Although you know, that's two disagreements, and. Uh, no, but that's good. The people like the controversy. Uh, let's move on to the next fight. It's, uh, oh, Jessica, uh, I, let's go with the favorite first. Tabitha Ricci at 8,900, taking it on Jessica Penne at 7,300. And uh, line on, on this fight, Ricci can be had for uh, minus 230. Uh, come back on Penne, plus 195. And this for me, um, 
Richie at, at sub 9,000 is, is one of my better favorite plays on the card. Um, I love Richie's wrestling. I love how fearless she is. I mean, she fights Pollyanna Viana, not afraid to take her down, not afraid to go under guard, uh, comes out unscathed. Uh, Jessica Penne, you know, uh, credit to her. She's been in this organization almost a decade, still putting up wins, uh, lost her last fight, but won a couple before that. But, um, you know, it's, it's especially on something, even at, even at a dog price for, uh, for DFS, I just, I just don't see a lot there in her skill set. I mean, she's, she's, she's got a big frame and she can work some jujitsu of her own, but like her striking is just not there. Her aggression is just not there. I quite famously dropped the decision to Daniel Taylor in 2017, just for being wooden and not sort of doing too much. Um, I guess what you could say is when Richie takes her down, she's going to be putting Penne in the only position where she can win the fight. But if she can out, if she can outlast uh, uh, Viana on the ground, I don't have any worries that she'll be able to do the same for Jessica Penne. So I like Richie quite a bit here. Um, and I'll get, I guess if past is, is any indication, I'll get ready to hear you guys, Jessica Penne fix, but, uh, Joey, uh, how you seeing this one? I'm all over Richie as well. You know, there's a lot of people okay. are going to try to attack the upper 9K range. I think Richie could be a good pivot and maybe get a little bit low ownership because there's some of the people that play in the big tournament GPPs. They don't really look towards the female fights, but that's where you can get your leverage in your big tournament plays. Um, yes, Richie, I'm waiting for her to get over that 100 score, but she does score a little under 100, her major two first wins. Um but I think Richie can do what she wants. She's a mean chain wrestler. If in other terms, if people don't know what chain is, she'll go to your body. If she can't get the body, she'll go to your leg. If she can't get the single, she'll go for a trip. She'll go in different all kinds of directions for her takedowns. And I think if she gets Penne flat, I think she can go tack a sub. So I like uh Richie at 8.9. You can get some leverage on that play, and I'm all over that play. Yeah. I agree. You know, I I I expected uh, to see her maybe a little more expensive, so I I I'm I'm digging the sub nine thousand for sure. Uh, Drake, how about you? Drake. Oh no, is Drake frozen? It looks like it. Okay. Um. All right. So that's all right. We will um. Maybe or maybe I will shoot him a. Message. I, I I I I thought he was staring me down, but no. Oh, there okay, he is. Uh, Drake. Can you hear me? He got you. Yep. Oh, that was uh, weird. I don't know what happened. I was I started talking. I was like, you said it was frozen. I was like, where'd it go? <laughs> that's all right. We got you now. So, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, this one, Richie and Penny? Yeah. No. You're you're you guys both nailed it. Richie is my pick. Absolutely. My hot take will come from this fight later on. Um, I think she's better everywhere this fight goes, whether it's on the feet, on the mat, grappling, striking, everything. Um, and yeah, like you said, sub 9,000, this is an excellent spot to get her. I think she definitely scores at least, you know, 95 plus. So, uh, yeah, that's, this one's an easy one for me. I absolutely love Richie. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, we, we all very much agree on that, which kind of makes me nervous that, uh, she's doomed to fail, but we will see how that works out. Uh, next fight is Cameron Samon at 8,800 taking on Mana Martinez at 7,400 line on this fight. Cameron Samon could be had at minus 250. Uh, Liana Martinez at 
plus 200. And, you know, I I have uh, this thing where I don't exactly trust fighters that come out of the EFC, which is a South African promotion. I broke my rule last week for uh, Themba Greenbow, and uh, he made me pay for it. So I won't make that mistake again. I uh, I am I am going with Mana here. I Cameron Saman. I I I just wasn't impressed by his his debut against uh, Stephen Kozlo There, Kozlo was able to get I think it was five or six takedowns. Saman was able to explode out of every position, but uh, you know against some better some better grapplers, some at least some uh, more physically strong grapplers, where you could see Kozlo is not that. Um, I think he'll have more more of a trouble. Uh, Mana will wrestle. Mana has um, fire in his hands, four knockdowns in his last two fights, and Saman is kind of open defensively. He has a slick striker in his own right, but um, I'm just I'm just not going to pay up for it here. I I think Mana is uh, underrated. Um, we saw how strong he came on in that debut against the fight. He was losing all the way, almost took it in that third round, and. Uh, He's a dog, and he's got power. He can wrestle. He can do it all. So uh, I'm taking Mana here, and we'll start with Drake on this one. Uh, you taking the dog or the favorite here? I am actually on Saman, but I, there was a long discussion with uh, with Joey on our show. Um, I love Martinez, I really do, and I, I do kind of wish that I would have switched back, you know, and switched to him. But um, when it comes to this fight, it I think it's going to be almost 15 minutes of striking or however long it lasts till somebody gets knocked out. Both guys are really impressive. The thing that worries me now is the weight miss for Romana. Um, that's always a concern, whether it was a bad weight cut or, you know, whatever it is. But, I mean, both guys are slick strikers. They both have the cardio to go 15 minutes. So I think it just comes down to whoever lands flush in this one. But I will stick with Samon. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think, I think either, either one can go to sleep, but, um, you know, I, I, I gotta, I gotta stick to my guns on this one with, with, with the no EFC. So, uh, that's what, that's what, uh, that's what we're doing. Joey, uh, how you seeing this one? I'm all over Martinez. I didn't like even how against Samon when he had against, against the grappler, he was still getting touched up on the feet against a guy that has very low end striking. But like I said, he got control on the ground. Man has low end wrestling, which, he doesn't do it for damage. He does it for, maybe for positioning over damage. So he'll try to, try to hold his opponent down. I know Man is at a new camp. He's no longer with James Krause. So I think he, maybe he's getting fresh looks. Maybe his new coaching is like, all right, we're going to bring that more aggressiveness out of you that will got you into the UFC. And as you said, his first fight with Ronnie Lawrence, he was getting controlled. But that third round, he damn near about came back and about almost finished that fight. And I'll always go someone that's going to fight for my buck. So I'm – Riding with Martinez, I think, like I said, I'll be shocked if it reached the uh, scorecards. I think somebody will go to sleep eventually, but not many overly confident dogs I'll be on for this card but as a whole. But I think Martinez is one I'll definitely be attacking. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I agree with you. Uh, okay, we're going to move on to the next fight. And that is, uh, I got myself all thrown off here. Aha, Ian Gary at 9,300 versus... Song Kanan at 6,900. Um, you know, first glance, I look at the 9,300 for me and Gary, and I think to myself, uh, oh, and it looks like we lost Drake again. That's okay. We will uh, we'll vamp a little bit till he gets back. But the uh, the first thing I think to myself is, you know, Ian Gary can't be 9,300. The guy 
has no striking defense. He's just a sort of a, a sort of a mess. Um, uh, as an all-around fighter, um, you know. But then you go back and you watch his fight against Gabe Green, and against the guy who was just, just going to come forward against him, he, uh, and, and has that length and reach advantage. He really just lit Gabe Green up in a lot of in a lot of these exchanges. And uh, Song Kanan is going to have some of the same problems. Comes in on the center line, um, you know, is 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 sort of a is sort of a uh, you know blitzing striker. Likes to get his finishes early, and that doesn't that just doesn't seem like a good recipe here. Um, you know, Kanan, of course, we haven't seen him since getting absolutely blitzed by Max Griffin. I think that was two years ago now. Um, so the layoff it will be a concern as well. You know, I, I, I just, it's hard to pay 9300 for Ian Gary on such a big slate. I think a knockout could materialize here. It's just a matter of when and how many points that scored. You don't want this out of the first round. Um, and like I said, on such a big slate, it, it's going to be hard for me to get him, and I will have shares of him. As far as Kanan, um, you know, just, just not that interested in him. 6900 Throws big power. You want to take a couple of Hail Marys in the GPP, you know, by all means. But uh, my pick's got to be Ian Gary here. And, Joey, um, while we're waiting for Drake, we'll go to you first. Uh, how you see in this fight? Honestly, I'm looking back and looking back on Ian Gary's uh, overall history for the UFC. This might be his second easiest fight besides Jordan Williams in his debut. I know Kanan is going to come forward, which who knows? That may be able to favor Gary. To be able to let his hands go with his counter striking, and he who knows, maybe he can get that first round finish. And that's arguably the only way I see him paying off that 9,300. Yes, Gary does get hit, which is scary, and Kanan does have good power, but I'm not going to rely on a guy at 6,900. Like, okay, I got to hold my breath until he hopefully lands one clean shot and hope he gets a TKO of a finish. But even at that price, if he does somehow get Gary out, he pays it off with no problem. But I think Gary finishes his fight within the first two rounds, but at 9,300, I'm not a fan of that price tag because there's times where Gary does dance around. He'll use his kicks, use basic one-twos to jump in and out. But if it's pretty much Gary round one or bust, because besides that, I, there's no way I see him paying off the 93. Yeah, it, 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 it's a tough ask. The other side of that, though, is, you know, we talk about pay-up scarcity sometimes, and I think – Gary could qualify here. I, I don't. I think a lot of folks are going to be. I think what what we just expressed is going to be the common mindset. And so you know, you could get some could get some uh, nice uh, leverage play on Gary there if that first round finish does indeed materialize. But like we like we both said, uh, it needs to materialize. It's first round or bust. So you know, GPPs only, of course. Um, you know, I, and look potential for. 60 second bonus in all honesty. Like I, I think that that is a potential here. You would obviously, you would never angle for that. And I'm not giving away my hot take. I'm, that's not uh, something that, uh, that I am um, prognosticating, but I do think that, uh, that, that, you know, he's worth it. He's worth a squeeze in certain uh, GPPs. Um, we're still without Drake. Uh, so I got a message by him actually. He said, I don't know what's going on. But he said he got kicked out. Oh, he got I I swear I was joking before. I didn't actually kick him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, can you can you can you ask him to try to get in again? Yeah, I'll ask him. I'm actually okay. texting him right now. If he can get 
sorry, folks, the wonders of live podcasting. Boom. Uh, okay, I, you know what? I think um, I'm trying to decide. Maybe, maybe we'll just move on and 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 go back. Um, this, this fight, I think, I'm, there's not too much analysis. I don't think. I don't think um, Drake was about to give us a dissertation on, on why we should pick Song Kanan. So uh, we'll 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 move on to the next fight, which is um, uh, an interesting one uh, because of how closely lined the salaries are. We got. Mark Andre Barrio at 8,200 taking on Julian Marquez at 8,000. Uh, line on this fight, Mark Andre Barrio can be had for uh, minus 125, Julian Marquez plus 105. Um, so not only is Marquez my play, but he was also uh, one of my bet writers for this week. I like him a lot in this spot, and that is my hot take, but I won't give it away completely. Um, Julian Marquez is a fighter I like in spots like these, especially against guys like Barrio, because Barrio is going to come and look, we, we know, we, I feel like I know Barrio is one of those guys that I don't really need to tape study for. Here comes Drake. Drake, how we doing, bud? I don't know what happened. I like it kicked me out and then it didn't want to let me back in. That's that's all right. I I gave it a talking to. We're good now. But uh, we we um we were on Gary versus uh, Sankanan. Do you want to give us a quick little breakdown for that? I, I don't imagine uh, you have much to say picking Kanan or anything. But uh, just give us your thoughts no, on I'm that. Real yeah, real quick. Yeah, I'm not. I'm definitely not on Kanan. I but I will say that I am currently not the biggest fan of Gary, and I don't like his fighting style. I don't think it's going to last long. And, the UFC, unless he decides to come out a little quicker. Um, should he win this fight? Absolutely. But Kanan is really dangerous. And, you know, there is always a chance that he does, you know, land flush on Gary and surprises everybody. So uh, Gary's definitely the pick. But I, like I said, I'm just not the biggest fan of him right now. Right. No, I, and I think that's the consensus. Um, you know, we, we're all picking Gary, but it's going to be a fireworks fight. So a couple of, GPP uh, squeezes on Kanan. If you're making multiple lineups, I say go for it. Otherwise, it's Gary. But right now, we're talking about uh, Julian Marquez and Mark Andre Barrio. And what I was what I was saying was, Mark Andre Barrio is one of those fighters that I that I like when he's on cards because I don't have to do any tape study on him whatsoever. I know exactly how he fights. I know exactly what his win conditions are. He wants to grind grind you up against the the fence. Really try to suck the life out of you. When you're tired, he's gonna try to put hands on you. Um, the the Abu Azaitar fight is like his perfect fight. He he grinds you down, grinds you down, grinds you down, and then gets a late finish. The problem here um, for me is that Julian Marquez is probably just as, if not more, physical than Mark Andre Barrio, and also um, Ju- Julian Marquez has three submission attempts per 15 minutes of octagon time, he doesn't have a takedown in the UFC. So this guy is really opportunistic, really tries to grab the neck. And I I just have this vision of like both guys are tired. They're up against the fence. Marquez grabs the neck and, and rolls for an Anaconda or, or sits for the guillotine and, and gets it there. You know, Marc-Andre Barrio, it's, they call him power bar, but it's not as though he doesn't get tired. He was plenty tired in that Azaitar fight. He's just able to push through 
a lot better than these opponents. And you look at his wins. Um, Azaitar is by far the best one. Uh, the other two are Dolce Langambula and Jordan Wright are no longer in the organization. One round meme fighters, if you will. Um, so not too much on, on that end. And I just like um, Marquez, as I said, to probably grab a late submission, but also throw a little cleaner and harder when they are at range. So my pick is Marquez, and I like him quite a bit here. And uh, we'll go back to Drake and kind of double dip. Uh, how are you seeing this one? Yeah, um, Joey and I disagreed on this one as well. And I, my my whole point of this fight was is I would have been on Marquez had he shown any takedown ability at all. He prefers to be taken down and then, you know, grapple away from there. If, if you were to tell me that he was going to come out and shoot for something or put this down on the mat, I'd be all over him. Um, but a 15, in a 15-minute striking match, if he's unable to grab anything, I like Barrio. And I think that's how it plays out. Interesting, interesting. All right, Joey, uh, give us the other side. Give us a disagreement. Yeah, I'm on Marquez. Um, ever since uh, Barrio got absolutely put to sleep against Andrew Kawani, you know, I know he's the times are yes. I think he's the better fluent striker out of Marquez. He's going to be throwing the more straight punches while Marquez throws the more overhands, the more power. But one thing I didn't like, I know that he got absolutely manhandled by Fluffy Hernandez. Not much of a wrestler, but he has a little bit. Not much of a wrestler, but he showed improving takedowns. Outside the UFC, Marquez did show takedowns. He showed did He attacked the legs. Even against uh, Halls when he was on the contender series before he landed that mean head kick. He was showing that, okay, I got no problem tacking the legs, switching levels for going for takedowns or trips. He does have it in his back pocket. Hopefully, after watching that Fluffy Hernandez fight, he gets to it. Because if he gets one takedown, I think he can flatten out Barrio. And then I think he gets a sub anytime he wants. Or even a ground pound of a sort. So I'm hoping that he watches that Fluffy fight and then he gets that early finish. Because usually, if you look at the optimal, they always say that 82, 8,000 fights, one of the more important fights to target. So... Yeah. I say you can pick your poison if you feel aside for this fight, but I'm all over uh, Marquez. So, so part of my hot take then, I guess, would be he he might not get a takedown. He might not need one. Mm-mm. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. <laughs> uh, moving on to the next uh, the next fight here, we have uh, Vivian Arujo taking on Amanda Hibas. Hibas, eighty three hundred on DraftKings. Arujo coming back at seventy nine hundred. Odds for this fight, we have Rivas at minus 130, Arujo at plus 110. And I, I don't know how you guys feel. I feel this is a, a line that could easily be flipped. I um, I think Arujo is exactly the kind of fighter that uh, Rivas struggles with as more sort of a more physical, more powerful, but also, still also athletic fighter who goes for takedowns, Um, you know, Hibas going to get in the pocket, going to throw, but going to stay on the center line and going to try to get all those head and arm throws. And I just think the stronger fighter, the better athlete, is might just have a field day here, um, particularly if Hibas decides to, you know, just stand in front again. We've uh, seen her pay for that before, certainly. And I think Arujo is um, another another one who can do it. I love her at dog odds. I love her at 7,900 in this spot. So, uh, yeah, my pick is Arujo. Uh, we'll go to Joey first. Joey, um, how you seeing this one? Um, my pick was Rebos. I know she's coming up. Now she's staying at 125. She used to be a 115-er for a while. 
Um, both of the girls actually have a loss to Caitlin Chuchakian. But, you know, Reboss's first fight at, I know Drake doesn't like that because it was a close fight. But um, ideally, Reboss showed improvement at 125 against Chuchakian. Besides, Chuchakian, every time she threw a jab, she screams. Like she's playing tennis and crap. But, hey, you know, that's not the point. But ideally, these two almost ideally mirror each other. They both got their own type of takedowns. Arujo's more of a, you know, slightly wrestling while uh, Rebaz is more of a judo where I'm going to clinch up and I'm going to judo throw you to the side. Um, but ideally, they both have good takedown defense. Who's the more power, powerful type of fighter? I think it's Arujo. I think uh, Rebaz is more, you know, he said, I think she's going to be like an in Foon booth type of boxing. But if there's no takedowns and this is like a 15-minute, let's say, striking fight, I don't see either one paying off for DraftKings. But I understand, like, if I had to pick a side for DK, I'd maybe say a Rujo because I think she will be the stronger fighter. You know, that five-round experience against Grasso could maybe help her cardio because other people think, you know, she had cardio issues going back and forth. But I think this could be a close fight, maybe in the clinch. I think they could maybe get their ideal takedowns on their own turns. It wouldn't shock me if some sort of a split decision happens in this fight. All right, uh, Drake, how are you seeing this one? you think it's it's a close split, or do you have a definitive take on this one? It's absolutely close, but I'm I'm the other way. I think Rebos is going to be the stronger one, and I think her judo is what makes the difference in this fight because you watch these two fight, and Rebos loves to put this thing up against the cage, throw you over, and put you down. And she had problems with that against Jukajian because of how tall and big she is. Well, she's not going to have that issue in this fight. Um, and the way that I see it is I think it's going to be two three minutes of striking right off the bat, clinch up, judo throw, and I think she submits her in the first or second. Wow. That that could be good enough for a hot take uh, right there, but we'll see. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so interesting, very interesting stuff. Uh, moving on to the next fight, it's um, <laughs> maybe maybe the funniest fight on the card. Uh, potentially, is um, Drikas Duplessis at 8,700 taking on uh, Derek Brunson at 7,500. Odds on this fight, Duplessis can be had for minus 250. Derek Brunson coming at plus 200. Those odds kind of shocked me a little bit. But, um, you know, Drikas Duplessis, I don't know if, if, if people are in the Twitterverse and they caught the, the – um, the little clip going around of Drikas Duplessis trying to do a lateral drop, I think, of Brad Tavares and just pulling Tavares on top of him um, kind of um, exemplifies the kind of fighter Duplessis, just really wild, really unstructured. We'll try anything, we'll do anything, but oftentimes just sort of looks really un, un unmoored, like kind of he doesn't know what he's doing. He also has... The breathing technique, which is just how he says he breathes, it looks to me like he's tired, but he tends to fight. I don't know. I don't know anything that's going on about his game, really. But I will say that, um, you know, it's hard for me to pick him in most fights. I, like I thought he had a really good matchup against Till, and all I could do was kind of give a tepid maybe because I, I, I just, I've never seen a guy with as many fights as he has fight like him. I think he's got twenty fights and. Um, it just looks like a mess. Um, Derek Brunson, since he's he's been with uh, Henry Hoof, has really calmed down his striking. But when he gets tired, I think that uh, those demons can still come out and he can still sort of 
look like a mess. Obviously, extremely strong, extremely good wrestler. Um, so I think I think probably how this plays out is he gets a takedown early. The question is what happens after that. Um, if Duplessis can hang around and Brunson can get tired, then maybe Duplessis takes over because I do think Duplessis is is the better man to fight tired. And that is a skill that I think uh, we shouldn't overlook. But just generally, in terms of the power, the wrestling ability, the grappling ability, I have to give it to Brunson. And the line is scaring me because it's it's kind of making me think, well, what do these people know that I don't? But uh, I, I, I got I got to go with it. I, I got to pick uh, Brunson here to um, get his takedowns and uh, control on top and, and be the smothering fighter. And uh, Drake, we'll go to you first. Um, am I crazy? Are, are, are the bookmakers crazy? How are you seeing this? No, nah, you're crazy. I think oh. that Duplessis should be a higher favorite. I oh, no. man, let, let me put it this way: Drake Duplessis is the best unorthodox fighter the UFC has seen. And I say that because his style, like you said, is so unbelievably weird. But he has mastered it. The way he comes in, he I mean he. While he was striking with uh, Till, he was beating him. Anybody can wrestle Till. That's that's just a given. That's what he needs to work on. But Derek Brunson, the way he has been, that five-fight winning streak that he went on, he was winning it by res- you know resorting to takedowns and getting on top and kind of just controlling. Problem with that is he can't really – you're not going to be able to do that with Duplessis. Duplessis does actually have really good wrestling. He is slick on the mat, and he – I mean, even if Brunson does take him down, it's only going to be once or twice. It'd probably be in the first or second round. If it lasts that long, um, Duplessis should easily be able to get back up. And then I love Duplessis on the feet. I think Brunson gets manhandled in this fight, just absolutely smashed. I love that Duplessis is less than 9K. He's one of my favorite plays in the garden. Wow. All right. Uh, Joe, I, I see you nodding in agreement. So uh, so, so let's hear it. Why, uh, why is Duplessis the pick here? I'll say this before I get into the pick. If I didn't see Brunson absolutely control Cannoneer and then in a flash of an eye just get clipped and his legs went jello and get knocked out, I would be all over Brunson. Because ideally, people don't know Brunson. He actually came up as a good striker. And then the last six fights, he has a combined, I believe, like 23 takedowns in six fights. So he's definitely winding up well, you know, being more well-rounded. But I'll say this. If... Duplessis comes in similar to Darren Till and throws that many punches in round one, it's not going to last long. I think he could actually, if you really want to make a quick example of Bronson, he blitz him. Blitz him, gets him against a cage, do similar-ish to what Rob Whitaker did, get him all curled up, let him fall, get an early TKO. It wouldn't shock me if he gets a round one KO. As Drake said, I'm actually high on Duplessis, but I'm waiting for him to actually go against a more dangerous, well-rounded guy that I think he's going to get manhandled. But... I'm all over Duplessis at 8,700. Wow. You know, you know, we, we have disagreements on the show. This might be the biggest gulf we've ever had between – because I really like Brunson. You guys really like Duplessis. So I'm going to be watching this fight a little extra closely, but I promise not to rub it in too badly if Brunson ends up getting the W. But that'll, yeah. that'll be interesting. Uh, a little more intrigue into the fight. Why not? Um all right, next up we have uh, Cody Garbrandt at 8,500 taking on Trevin Five Star Jones at 7,700. The line on this fight, Cody Garbrandt, 
Where are you, Cody Garbrandt? Cody Garbrandt is a minus 160 favorite. The comeback on Trevin Jones, plus 140. And I'll just be honest. I can't pick Cody Garbrandt to win fights anymore. I just can't do it. Um, if, if, if I could... If he could fight, if he could like bottle his first three minutes of every fight where he comes out jabbing and throwing low kicks and using his movement, uh, he would be the guy who could challenge for the Bantamweight title again. The problem is that he always, he has like a self-destruct mechanism now. And either it comes in the form of him getting too excited or getting, well, because he's doing well or he's doing poorly and he gets angry and he just starts throwing and um, gets absolutely clipped. I'll never forget the um, Pedro Munez fight where, like, there's probably never been a bigger speed differential between two competitors. And he just stood in front of him and watched himself get knocked out. And Trevin Jones, I mean, look, definitely not a perfect fighter, but I think sound defensively and I think a really good counter striker. I think he's going to frustrate Cody. And I think when Cody gets frustrated, we're going to see that switch flip and um, Cody might throw a few, a few right hands in a row. And Trevin Jones is good enough to capitalize on that uh, counter. Trevin Jones, very tough. We saw that in his first fight with team of where it looked like he could have been finished multiple times, actually came back and finished uh Timor and then um, finished Mario Batista, which is a very good looking win in, in retrospect. So I am, um, I'm pretty, I'm, pretty high on Trevin Jones here, as high as you can be for not really liking somebody as a fighter all that much, but I like Garbrandt less, and I think Jones has the tools to get this done. And uh, Joey, we'll start with you first. Are you taking um, the former bantamweight champion or uh, five-star to get this done? So I grew up being a big Garbrandt guy, but I think he needs to go find his chin first before this fight even goes steps into the octagon, but if he actually goes back to his credentials of where he started at first, which is a wrestler under your Wyatt Faber, he can actually, I think, actually control this fight some. But I don't think he is. He, I think what he needs to do is shorten his strikes up. Don't go too wild because if he just shortens up, goes with his one-twos and his kicks and tries to avoid that counter of Jones, he can honestly probably win a point decision. And if that's the point he's going to win, I'm not touching 8,500. But my pick is uh, Garbrandt, but Jones is not a bad GPP play because – he is a BJJ black belt, which not many people actually know. He doesn't use much of, but he does have a mean counter power punch. And if Garbrandt, as you said, his destruct button goes off, he's going to think, oh, snap, I got him hurt. He's going to walk into a mean counter, and then we may have to see Garbrandt just go ahead and get cut from the UFC at this point. I hope not. My pick is Garbrandt, but if you're playing GPP, I'm not going to tell you to get off Jones because he is a live guy at any point just to land one shot and Garbrandt sleeping. And that's, that's the weirdest part, isn't it? Because it's not, it's like some guys, okay. They either, they either when they do well or they do poorly, but when Garbrandt, he, he can't win either way when he's doing well, he destructs. And when he's doing poorly, he destructs. So I don't know where the win condition is, but uh, Drake, it seems like you agree. Uh, Tell me about uh, Trevin Jones in this spot. Yeah, no, Garbrandt, it's useless to me at this point. I, I find nothing about his game that I enjoy anymore. Uh, I love Trevin Jones. I think he is an underrated fighter. I think all of the fights that he's been in have been actually really good opponents. Barcelos, yeah. um, uh, Sadio Cub, uh, and 
uh, Basharat. I mean, they're all guys that are up and coming. They're all doing great. And in that Sadyokov fight, he controlled him for almost two thirds of the fight. So, I mean, he's got wrestling. He's got, um, you know, he has a black belt in BJJ. He's got grappling and he is going to be the better striker. He may not be faster. He doesn't throw a whole ton of volume. That's the only part that worries me. But Garbrandt's chin just isn't there. And I, I feel like if Garbrandt wants to come out quickly, Trevin Jones will resort to his grappling. And we may say, see him, you know, trip him and then put him down on the mat. So I'm all over Trevin Jones. I think Garbrandt is, I mean, it, it's crappy to say, but I think he's washed up now. He's He's got no chin left. There's just nothing left to his game. And like you said, he gets frustrated and then becomes a, a low IQ fighter. And it's going to be the difference. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Um, we are about to start the main card, but before we do that, we're going to take a break for our audio podcast listeners. Uh, so if you are listening uh, audio, we will be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, moving on to the main card. It is the Phenom Prospect, the uh, national champion wrestler Bo Nickel at 9,600, taking on Nightwolf, Jamie Pickett at 6,600. Lying on this fight is comical. It is Bo Nickel at, oh, where? It doesn't even want to show me. At, well, at, in some places as high as minus 2,000, but we'll go with minus 1,400. The comeback on Jamie Pickett, plus 850. And look, uh, I I believe in Bo Nickel as much as you can believe in a guy who's a minus 1,600 favorite with three fights. Let me just say that. Um, I, I have the the urge when I when, whenever I just see that combination to instinctively want to pick the dog, but I can't do it here. Uh Jamie Pickett just has just been so underwhelming in his time in the octagon. He's got, he's got, he's got some bad losses. I mean, it's not a good look to get knocked out by Dennis Tolulin, who's, who's a nine and seven fighter. Um, He's, he's been taken down and controlled by people who aren't wrestlers, uh, including Joe Holmes. 
And uh, I, I just think Bo Nickel's going to have his way here. Um, I, I, Nickel, you know, he's not just your typical wrestler. He's got slick. He's got very slick jujitsu. Um, I love how, how he faints. He faints all the time, which is, is going to be key for him to disguise his shots. Um, he's incredibly athletic. And Jamie Pickett is just sort of this slow counter fighter who has some of his own wrestling you know, I don't think he would use it here anyway, but even if you wanted to try, 30% takedown accuracy. So, I mean, Pickett has a lot of knockouts on, on his on his resume uh, in the regional scene, so that, that power is there somewhere, uh, and he could land it. But, um, yeah, I, I just I, – I hate – I hate – because I'm always known as the dog guy, um, but I'm picking the minus 1,600 here. Uh, I've become everything I've ever hated. Uh, Bo Nickel has got to be the play. And, um, you know, 9,600 is a lot, but, you know, it, it wouldn't, I don't, it wouldn't surprise me if the script for this fight is like take down, uh, uh, pick it, scrambles a little bit, gets back up, take down again, and then sub. So uh, multiple takedowns and, and a first round sub wouldn't surprise me at all. I think Nickel has to be, uh, uh, a consideration of lineup piece despite the, the big price. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I like him quite a bit here. We'll start with Drake first. Uh, Drake, how you seeing this one? You nailed it on the head. It's, it's unfortunate. I wish they would have given Nichols somebody that actually mattered, um, you know, just something to challenge him because that's Pickett is not it. I will. If, if there's one thing going for Pickett, and you want to throw $10 on something, do $10 for him to knock him out in the first 60 seconds because that's the only way Pickett wins this fight. And that, that that's that's where it's at. I mean, Nickel's going to take him down, control him. And like you said, even if he gets back up, it's going to be, you know, rinse and repeat submission until that, you know. <laughs> I don't like going with favorites that big either, but, I mean, it's, it's just the obvious play because Pickett has just not been great. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Joey, I assume uh, you have the Nightwolf pick, and so we'll move on to the next fight, which is, uh, no, uh, uh, tell us why Bo Nickel is going to win this fight, please. He's going to win this fight because he's the better pure athlete. You know, he's easily one of the best wrestlers of all time, especially coming out of Penn State. Um, none against Pickett. Yes, Pickett is a long, rangy guy. Um, if Pickett wants any chance to win this fight, He's going to have to wait to see Bo Nickel rush in. And if I'm him, the whole training camp, I'm working with hard uppercuts and hard knees as soon as he tries to shoot in. But one thing I know Bo Nickel's going to try to do, which I wouldn't shock him because he is the athlete. What if the first minute, which I'm hoping, he tries to show off, you know, his feints, as you said. Maybe he tries to work in a strike to get in to the blast double. It, I'm hoping he does that in the first minute because if he gets his fight down in the first minute, as soon as he flat, flattens up, uh, pick it, the fight's over. As soon as he gets on the back, the fight won't last long. He's going to get a rear naked choke, which I'm guessing, and he's going to flatten him out and win this fight. Hopefully he's not under 60 seconds because if it is, we know he's going to absolutely kill that price tag at 96. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm almost – I'm not part of the fight, but I'm looking past this opponent to the next one. Uh, mm -hmm. Hopefully Bo Nickel is not, but uh, we'll a see. A lot of people that. calling him out. Yeah, no, it's true. I hope my uh, I hope one of my good friends fight him. I want my man Andre Andre Petrovsky to do it. He's been calling that, that fight for that, a long time. That would be see. I want to see that now. I I, I wish that was happening tomorrow. Andre's been calling it out for a long time yeah. before he came yeah. in. Oh, see now you got me excited. I love that fight. Hopefully we see that next. Um, but here we go. Moving on is um, 
Matus Gamrot at 8,600, taking on uh, Tarantula Jalen Turner at 7,600. Line on this fight. Ga uh, Gamrot can be had minus 220. Jalen Turner plus 180. Um, still kind of, I think, a bit of a wonky line, but I am I am going Gamrot here. Um, Matt Verrola just had too much success with the single legs uh, in their fight, and that's what Gamrot loves to do. Gamrot also very durable. Not only has he never been uh, knocked out in his career, I, I I can't recall him being hurt in any significant way either. So um, I think I think he's going to be tough enough to withstand um, the big strikes uh, on his way in, and just kind of put on a grappling clinic here. I think Turner um, may make a mistake and try to scramble a bit too much with Gamrot here, which could uh, open some doors as well. But um, 8,600, you know, right, almost right smack in this mid-range for a guy, Gamrod, who's just going to be relentless with takedowns the entire fight. I mean, he's one of the plays I really like as a favorite. Um, uh, Joe, I'll, I'll throw it over to you first. Uh, how do you see this one? Drake knows me best than anything. These are actually two of my favorite prospects at 155. I did like the run that Turner was getting, and I was hoping Dan Hooker would last in this fight because I thought – uh, Turner was going to absolutely steamroll Dan Hooker. Yeah, he but I give Turner credit for actually sticking to this fight, actually trying to stick with the top, you know, six guys in the division. But Gamrot's easily a top three wrestler at 155. If you're not stopping actual takedowns from Provola, who's more of a well-roundedish type of dude, I'm sorry, I don't know who the hell you're bringing into your camp to even try to gimmick Gamrot. And as you said, he got taken down from the single leg. One thing that I love from Gamrot does, not many wrestlers do nowadays, he does weird push-forward ankle trips. He'll get your hold of your ankle, and he'll legit pull you like you're getting your pulled from a rug until you fall on your back. And then he gets in side mount. Then he works for position and gets for dominant position and looks for his TKO or ground and pound. Gamrot is probably my favorite play at 8,600 because, like I said, early finish, he pays it off. If you're telling me for three rounds he's going to go takedown, takedown, control, control, even at a three-round decision, he should easily pay off 8600 Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, I love that price. I, I, I think it's really uh, really appetizing. Drake, uh, I take it this is unanimous. Absolutely. There is levels to this game, and Gamrod is way above Turner. You can't tell me that the four-fight winning streak that he's on in the UFC between Riddell, Malarkey, Medic, and Weaver has prepared him or what? Well, the last four fights has prepared him for Matus Gamrot. It, it, there's just no part of this that tells me Turner can win this fight. Um, Gamrot is extremely intelligent. He does not put himself in compromised situations, which is the case, not the case for a lot of fighters. Um, Turner's slick. He's a good fighter. Don't get me wrong, but I think this is just too much too soon. And Gamrot will be, you know, top five, if not champion. In the, you know, in the future, right? He, he is top five, but I, you know, I can see him getting to, you know, to that belt. Yeah, no, agreed. <clears throat> uh, okay, moving on uh, to the heart of the pay-per-view card now. We have um, Shavkat Rachmaninoff at 9,200 taking on Jeff Neal at 7,000. Line on this fight. Rachmaninoff can be had at minus 500. Neal at plus 400. and Look, I, I know how dominant he's been. This line is just too wide for me. I just, it's, he's never going to have faced a guy as fast 
or explosive or as powerful as Neil. He could he he ragdolled a couple of opponents. That's fine. Um, I need to see him do it here before I can pick him here at this price. Uh, so look, I'm not doubting that he can go and take Neil down and do the same thing. Neil doesn't always have the best balance in his strikes. Sometimes falls into clinches. That's definitely a concern. But um, Neil's just too good a fighter based on what Shavkat has been fighting to be that big of a dog here. So consider this maybe a, a strategic play against the line more than anything else. But uh, I'm on Jeff Neal in this spot. And we'll go to Joey first. Uh, Joey, I, 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 take, I take it by the face that you just made that uh, you don't quite agree. What's your take on this one? No. So I actually told Drake like an hour before the show – I was like, I kind of want to go with my heart over my head. And he's telling me I will pretty much smack the living daylight out of you if you do so. You can see him. That's why he's bobbling his head like a bobblehead. But um, ideally, Neil is – I don't like the line. That is a bit disrespectful. Neil is, I think, actually going into his prime. He absolutely dominated uh, Vicente Luque. Um, like I said, for the most part, Neil does have good takedown defense. You know – I'm what I'm hoping in this fight. I would love to see a slugfest between these two guys. I know apparently Rockamoff has been talking through Twitter to Neil, running his mouth, calling him this and that. But I tell Drake this: I think if Neil can keep it on the feet, I think it's a three-round potential fight of the night. But to- my pick currently is Rockamoff, though. But I, my heart, I would love Neil to win this fight. I'm a Jeff Neil guy, but I'm on Rockamoff. Just for reference, uh, Jeff Neil, eighty percent. Uh, take down defense rate in the octagon. Luckily, I don't know Drake in real life, so he won't smack me for uh, taking. He's got to come to the East Coast to try it, but hey. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm relatively safe, I think. And mm-hmm. and also, Sean's not here to tell me what a big idiot I am. But uh, Drake, <laughs> we'll go to you first, and I think you're gonna tell me why Shavkat's gonna win this fight. So uh, convince me why why is this Shavkat's fight? Neil's takedown defense is 80% because he hasn't fought a wrestler or a grappler. Go look at everything he's fought. He hasn't really fought any. Bilal Muhammad, when he fought him, Bilal stayed on the feet. You can go and look at it. They hardly – he has not fought somebody of the caliber of grappling as Rachmanov. So starting with that, I would when he came into the UFC in 2020, I told Joey he was going to be a future contender for the belt. And I said that in his very first fight, and I will stick to my guns. He is an extremely impressive fighter. He is good everywhere. There's a reason he's 16-0 with eight to knockouts and eight submissions. Uh, Neil does have knockout power. There's no doubt about it. Could he could he catch him? Absolutely. This is UFC, MMA. It, it, it happens all the time. Um, <clears throat> one huge thing that worries me is the five-pound weight miss for Jeff Neal. Um, I also saw something on Twitter that said uh, his manager – was concerned that Neil may not even fight. And then it was released a little bit later that he was still fighting. So that is a concern for me. I do worry about one of that, that fight, like being called off in the middle of a card again, because that right, seems yeah. to be happening far too much. Um, but yeah, I'm all over Rachmanov. He's one of my favorite, you know, fighters right now. So definitely on him. And I think he gets it done again. All right. Well, you know, like, this is sort of a different disagreement because I don't disagree that it, <laughs> It, this could just be a run over, and I would, I would totally have expected it. But uh, you know, sometimes you just gotta play the line. What can I say? Uh, the, all right, next fight coming up is uh, 
our first title fight and the co-main event. It is Valentina Shevchenko, 9,400, taking on Alexa Grasso at 6,800. And, you know, I, I don't. I'm not really much for these takes that it's like Grasso's better on the ground now because she was able to sub uh, Joanne Calderwood or, or Joanne Wood, as it were, now. Um, a, a lot of people have done that and people you don't expect to have done that. Um, Shevchenko is uh, a really good grappler, a very underrated grappler. And um, for all the talk of Grasso being a good boxer, and she is, when faced with a boxer, I will always go with the kickboxer. First. And that's Shevchenko. I think her command of range is excellent. I think um, the kicks are going to give Grasso all sorts of problems here. Um, I think I think people saw her struggle against Talia Santos, and maybe there's some carryover and uh, to that. And people are are sort of um, you know forgetting what she can do to fighters who aren't on her level. I think she's gonna remind people. I think this is an easy. Valentina win, and I think despite the price and the big card, you have to look at her because all she does these days is get takedowns. I mean, at least three in her last five fights. Um, she just she just loves it. She loves using her size at this weight class, and we should love it uh, for DraftKings. So uh, I'm on Shevchenko here. Um, don't really think there's going to be much disagreement, but let's see. Uh, Joey, we'll go to you first. How you see in this one? I'm also on Shevchenko, but. Before I say anything, I know our hearts, me and Drake's heart, is going for Grasso. But I just don't see a chance in a hell unless she does some Juliana Pena bull rush with some jabs like she did against Nunez. But I don't see it happening. But I just I think Chuchenko is, as Drake says, levels. There's levels to the game. Um, I think Chuchenko with the leg kicks are going to you know use her range. And when Grasso tries to get close with her striking, it wouldn't shock me if Chuchenko – Changes levels, gets a hold of the body, and takes her down for time control. What I'm hoping is, even at 9,400, I'm still locking her in my lineup for DraftKings. I would love to see this fight go five and her just rack up points and points and points of takedowns, control, and have her easily smash her value at 94. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I actually think that that that's probably, you know, one of, one of the most likely scenarios uh, here. And that's certainly what I'm banking on. Uh, Drake, what about you? How do you see this one? If this was a 25-minute boxing match, I'd probably be on Grasso. <laughs> but it's not. This is MMA. And Shevchenko just has uh, you know, far more tools than Grasso has. Grasso really only has her striking. Um, it's, it, it's an easy pick, Shevchenko, for the win. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> and... Um... You know, I, 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 I actually wish Shevchenko would, would just go fight Amanda Nunes again because Mm-mm. I don't think there's too much to her. You know, no, I will say this because I said this when she came into the UFC. I said she was going to get the belt. Blanchfield is coming for it. You can have okay. me on the show when that All happens. Right. Same. Sure. That's my girl from Jersey. Sure. No, that's true. Uh, and we'll see what happens because Shevchenko is being awfully dismissive. But, uh, but we will see. Okay. It is time for the main event, the much-anticipated and final, finally uh, coming to heavyweight John Jones at 8,400, taking on Cyril Gaon, 7,800. Line on this fight. Uh, Jones can be had at minus 150, Cyril Gaon at plus 130. And the more I thought about this fight, 
the more I think it's Gon's fight to lose for a few reasons. Um, number one, and maybe my biggest thing, we I think I think we would all agree with the premise that it's a binary fight. If if it's striking, Gon's gonna win. If it's grappling, if well, let me say if Jones is successful in his grappling, he's gonna win. Um, we've seen time and time again fighters coming up in weight, they struggle getting takedowns. Most recently we saw it with Tatiana Suarez, who was just simply beasting everyone before uh, her injury and then had trouble taking down Montana De La Rosa and had to resort to, uh, you know, judo throws, which is not really what she does. She's more of a classical wrestler. Uh, Accounts, other examples, uh, Luke Rockhold, uh, Jan Blahovich, et cetera, et cetera. So that's number one. Number two is... Like I, I'm, I'm questioning why this is happening now. Like a time for a super fight would have been either when Stipe was holding the belt or coming up and, and doing something with Ngannou. Now he's got all these competitors at light heavyweight, and he wants to go to heavyweight to fight Cyril Gan, the guy who just lost to the the guy, the champion who's no longer here. But that's another story. Um, so to me, that says that he's doing this because he has to do it. He feels like he has to come up and wait. We saw his last his last two fights at light heavyweight didn't go that well. Um, people always talk about Dominic Reyes uh, probably won the fight. Tago Santos actually took a scorecard, uh, which I don't disagree with. So I, I think Jones has always been able to cover up his sort of deficiencies as a range kickboxer with just how good of a grappler he is. Um at light heavyweight uh, with his size and his physicality. And the other thing to consider here too, now he's going to have to carry this frame for 25 minutes, potentially never done that before. Um, There's just far, there's just way too many question marks here. And I think people doing John Jones, uh, picking John Jones in this spot, especially doing it so convincingly are just relying on, you know, goat magic. Like, Oh, he's John Jones. So he's going to win. I I just don't see it. I, I think, I think there are too many advantages in God's favor. He's a he's a slick kickboxer. He's athletic, moves moves around like a middleweight. Uh, I just think it's gonna there's gonna be such a gulf in the striking, and I don't think the takedown attempts are gonna be there. It's not like he had great success taking down uh, Dominic Reyes in their fight. So all that said, I'm I'm on gone very solidly in this spot. And uh, Drake, we'll throw it to you for the main event. Uh, how you see in uh, the five rounder play out here? The second that this was announced, I told Joey I was all over gone. I don't trust John Jones at all. Um, you, you brought up his last two fights. Uh, Reyes absolutely won that fight, and I think a lot of the the a lot of people, like you said, are on Jones because of his name. He makes his return. It's been three years, and they they want to see what they saw in him. You know, before um, he he weighed in today at two forty eight. It's a weight that he's not. You can't tell me he's comfortable with it because he hasn't fought at it. He's got, he, who knows how his cardio is going to look. And, you know, he, a lot of his success came from being the bigger person and the more rangier person at light heavyweight. He's now going against guys that are, you know, built for heavyweight. I don't think John Jones was really built for it. I really don't. Um, he matches up with, you know, height wise and, you know, obviously now his weight matches, but gone is going to be twice as fast as him. He's going to throw more strikes. He's going to be more quicker on the feet. He's been fighting at this. He knows, you know, how heavyweight works. I think John Jones is a lot of talk and a lot of, uh, people, you know, kind of just flock to him because it's him. Um, 
I'm all over gone. I absolutely love him. I don't like John Jones as a person. I don't like him as a fighter. And, you know, for me, it's I hope Cyril gone knocks him out within the first two rounds. I would absolutely love to see it. And I I, I second that. <laughs> I uh, I would love to see it as well. Um, because if, uh, you know, if he wins and sticks around, then we have to deal with John Jones for God knows how long. So well, and see, I brought this up with Joey. Um, I said, if John Jones loses this fight, where does he go after this? Who's he? Who who does he fight? Does he go back down? Does he stay and fight Pavlovich? Who's gonna knock him out? Yeah, I there's a, there's a lot of questions that go into this fight. So, I, I I think he's making a mistake. One, taking this fight and doing this fight, and two, moving to heavyweight. Yeah, no, I I agree completely. I think um, I, I I think I think probably he has more success against guys like Ankalaev, uh, who are tr- primarily gonna grab. I mean, Ankalaev has striking too, but where he can just actually sort of grapple, whereas this is going to be a striking match. Uh, Joey, uh, how are you seeing this fight? Take us home, my friend. I'm all over gone as well. Um, as you said, you pretty much bro- your whole breakdown pretty much damn near took everything out of my mouth. Um, I thought that fight with Reyes should have been a split. They gave him a unanimous. Santos, I did agree. I thought Santos damn near could have won that fight. One judge card did give it to him. Okay, then you give him a punch and dummy in Anthony Smith, who is pretty much getting touched up by everybody. Then I know he got overturned against DC, but pretty much his last, what, three wins. Anthony Smith, iffy at 205. Um, Santos is now in, the, I believe, the PFL. Yeah. And now Reyes, I, I don't know where the hell his chin went the last three, four fights, but it's definitely not on his chin. But, yeah, I'm all over gone because if Jones doesn't go for takedowns, and I mean, if he doesn't get that first takedown, I think that's just overall going to boost the confidence of Gon. And Gon just might just let his hands go, similar to like he did to Avasa. But, you know, Jones is the longer guy, so I think Gon's going to have to go in out, in out to actually get his timing of his strikes. But it wouldn't shock me if Gon absolutely tears up those chicken legs John Jones got. Crazy. Big body, still get them chicken legs. It wouldn't shock me if he keeps kicking and kicking and kicking. And then once he works up and just open up overhands and kicks to the head, it wouldn't shock me if Gon finishes his fight within three. Because I see right now, if it goes five, I don't trust the judges. Yeah. Oh, right. Sure. I want to add something in. So a Go lot ahead. of people, a lot of people uh, were saying that uh, you know, talking about how Francis Naganu was able to take down Cyril Gon. Well, I'm going to put, I'm going to make something really clear for people. Uh, Naganu, when he weighs in, he weighs in at the heavyweight max, two sixty five. He's usually about two eighty on fight night. Mm-hmm. That's about thirty pounds more than Gon. Yeah. So to take him down and hold him down is really easy. We saw Izzy move up a division, and we saw him get completely controlled by Blahovich because the weight difference was huge. Gon wasn't ready for it. John Jones and Cyril Gon weigh the same. They're the, the same height. They weigh the same. And I fully expect Gon to be completely ready for whatever John Jones is going to throw out. So take the you know the the Naganu takedowns with a grain of salt because it. I mean, it's throw it out. It's it's nothing. Well, the other thing I'd say about that is we saw Francis Ngannou get controlled by a wrestler, and then the next time they fought, he out-wrestled the wrestler. So I I think people are underestimating just how good Francis Ngannou is at MMA. Not just his attributes, but he's like like the Terminator's a learning computer. That's how I feel like Ngannou is. Like he He can incorporate something, and in two months, he'll come back, and he's a different guy. It's scary, and it's you know what? And it's it's a shame that he's not going to be here anymore. Hopefully, 
Um, maybe he'll do a big boxing match and Dana will see dollar signs again and, and come around. But uh, all right. Um, so that is the show. We are going to do hot takes now. If you're new to the show, if you have a hot take, which is a long odds play uh, that you think is going to come in nice and spicy, uh, put it in chat. We'll post them up. We're going to say ours here. I kind of gave mine away um, earlier. Plus 400 uh, submission for Julian Marquez is way too high, and he's got perfect conditions for it. The only thing that could make this better if he, is if he were an actual wrestler, as you guys said. I still think he gets it done. Plus 400. Give me all the sweet money. Uh, Drake, uh, hot take. You got one ready for us? Tabitha Ricci, win by submission, plus 450. Give That's it to me. One. I like that, too. Uh, all right, so so we're keeping in the spirit here. I like it. Uh, Joey, what do you got for us? Mana Martinez, the win by knockout, TKO, plus 650. You know, if if all of this happens, I will have a good night. So I'm rooting <laughs> for all of this, uh, and I, I think it's very likely. Um, all right, I think that is going to wrap us up. I want to thank Drake. I want to thank Joey. It was a great time. Great analysis. I uh, would expect yeah. nothing less. Thank you so much for coming on. Ma uh, make sure to, to follow uh, Drake and Joey. And uh, guys, I'll throw it to uh, one of you, either one. You want to tell us where you can find uh, find you guys? Yeah, you can find us uh, Facebook or YouTube. Our page is It's Time Picks. You can find us on either one of those. Uh, we put up a show we record every Thursday night, post it on Friday mornings. Um and, you know, it's, it's similar to this. We kind of go, it's a breakdown of each fight and we go over our best uh, plays, dogs, hot takes. It's a, you know, it's a good time. It's a good show. And like I said, it's just another breakdown for people. We really try to know, we try to do as much research as we can. We watch a lot of fights and, you know, we put our, our best forward. So. Absolutely. Uh, so go check these guys out. They know what they're talking about. I'm sure they showed you that here guys. Thank you so much. Once again, we are going to get out of here. Thank you all so much for watching, and we will see you next time. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.